Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Happy Easter. So glad you're here this morning. Uh, For those of you that are are new to church, new to Christianity, new to this walk, uh, you might be here this morning like, okay, what's so special about Easter? Easter um, is the day that is marked. And and the reason it changes, uh, you know, sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April. It's not because we're fickle as Christians. Um, It's not measured by a true calendar year. It's measured by the moons, actually. And so it falls in a different month and on a different uh, day. And, uh, and so today, as you came through the doors and you like wonder, what, what's Easter all about? Easter is the celebration that Jesus Christ, although he died on the cross, he rose again three days later. And it is essential to the Christian faith. It is what really sets the Christian faith apart from any other world religion is that we have come on a leader. We have a teacher. We have a savior. We have a God that not only died, but come on, what sets us apart is that he rose again. Come on, are you with me? And so I think that's worth celebrating. And so today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, we've been in a series here at Canvas Church uh, entitled For the One, For the One. And today, we're going to talk about uh, the risen one, the risen one. And if you're new and just checking us out, maybe you're looking for a church or maybe just came with a friend today because it's Easter, I want to thank you so much for coming. Thank you for checking out Canvas Church. Uh, we believe that God has a great plan and a great destiny for your life. And we ultimately believe here at Canvas Church that that plan and that destiny, that purpose is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if you're just checking out the church, when you did walk in, there was a little uh, welcome card probably either on your seat or the seat next to you. That's for you to take, for you to look through, discover some more things about Canvas Church. There's also a little card in there you can tear out. Let us know that you were here at the end of the service, and we'd love to stay connected with you and let you know what's going on here at Canvas Church. But today, I want to simply talk to you about the risen one, the risen one, the risen one. His name is Jesus, the risen one. John 10.10, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's it's, it's a book in the New Testament, it says this, it says that, that Jesus came to give us life and that we might have that life more abundantly. He came to give you life. He came to give me life. And that's really a part of what we're celebrating today because that statement of he came to give us life and life more abundantly doesn't really have that much significance if he stays in the grave. But because he rose again, we realize he really is the one that can give us life. Amen. And life more abundantly. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning. If you have one, just open it up. It's probably on your phone or your iPad. Turn that thing on. Go to your Bible app. And we're going to go to the New Testament, and we're going to go to a book called Luke. Luke. Uh, we've been spending the majority of our time this month in the book of John, but today we're going to go over to Luke and see what Luke has to say. And uh, we're going to read Luke uh, chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. So you're finding your way there. Uh, I want to read to you John eleven twenty-five, 25, where Jesus is on a journey, on a trip, and he comes into a town where some of his relatives are. And uh, a woman comes to him and, and begins to express that a guy named Lazarus is dead. And she's really troubled by this. And in this whole dialogue that takes place between Martha, this woman named Martha, and, and Jesus, Jesus, although he knows Lazarus is dead, makes this statement to Martha. And it says this, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Amen. We're going to talk about the risen one. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. Luke now is another one of the writers of the New Testament. Um, He is actually a doctor by trade. 
And what's significant about that, I want you to know that as we read this, because um, he doesn't just write uh, based on his emotions. He doesn't just write based on what he feels. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 1, he begins to say the very purpose of why he's writing this book. And he says, I'm writing this so that we can set in order all of the things that you believe in a practical manner so that you can understand them. Luke is a doctor, and he doesn't just go up by emotions. He goes by facts. And so as he writes what he's writing, it's as much factual as it is spiritual. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1, and it reads, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb. Now, who is the they? Who is in the tomb? Jesus is in the tomb. He has been crucified. Uh, he's, he's been set in a tomb. We talked about it last week by a guy named Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, they gave him a tomb and they placed him in this tomb. And now the they is a group of women. Amongst some are, are Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Martha. And they're, they're coming. And they're coming to uh, embalm or to preserve the body of Jesus. And so it's a group of women that are coming. And it says they came to the tomb bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes, much like your pastor today. <clears throat> Come on. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead. I want you to highlight that in your mind. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He is not here, but he has been resurrected. He is not here, but he's been resurrected. Okay, it's getting better. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. Be crucified and rise on the third day. Now listen to this. And they remembered his words. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, we pray in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would just speak to each and every person in this place. God, that when we walk out of here on Easter Sunday, when we walk out of Canvas Church, Lord, we could have went to any church in the city, but you brought us here today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak, and as we walk out, we would walk out knowing that you really are the risen one, and because you are the risen one, we can have life and have life abundant. We can live a life full of grace, full of faith, full of joy, and full of hope because of what today represents. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Why? Do you look for the living among the dead? These two men in dazzling clothes, no, 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 you know, no doubt they're angels, but these two beings dressed in dazzling clothes, look at these two women and say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Can I ask you a question this morning? Have you ever lost anything before? Two of you. All right, the rest of you, I got to hang out with you more. All right, some of you, maybe you lost your arm. You can't raise it. I don't know, Okay. You lost something before. Now, now, it's pretty common in my house, and the two most popular items in our house to lose are my wife's iPhone. Come on, somebody. Wow, you have it. That's a miracle. See, it really is Miracle Sunday. All right. Is my wife's iPhone or my wallet? All right. 
These, I, I, I never really misplace my phone. I know where it's at. She never really misplaces her purse. It's kind of difficult, right? It's huge. And, um, and thus her purse, or her phone is always lost, probably in her purse. But we, we tend to lose these things. Now, it's okay to lose the iPhone because the iPhone has the Find My iPhone app on it. Are you with me? And it is probably the most used app in our household, right? We use it probably once an hour to find my wife's phone. And so when she loses her phone, it's not a big deal. But when I lose my wallet, ladies and gentlemen, it is like a catastrophe in our household, all right? Because I can only get so far without my wallet, right? It's got my credit cards in it. It's got my driver's license in it. And let's be honest. The worst part about losing your wallet is losing your license because then you got to go to the DMV. Come on, somebody, right? That's the worst part about the whole thing. But I, 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 don't, I remember not too long ago, I lost my wallet. And um, I, was, I was pretty frantic because I was already running late for a meeting. And so I came back in the house with a little bit of an aggression on my face and a little bit of irritation. Not that any of you have been there. But I came back in and my wife could tell that I was a little bit upset. And she's like, Ben, what's up? And I was like, nothing. She goes, no, what's the matter? I was like, I can't find my wallet. And so we started looking around the house. And she goes, well, where'd you put it last? And I'm like, I, if I knew where I put it last, I wouldn't have lost it. Come on, somebody. Does anybody else hate it when you get asked that question when you lost something? Well, where did you put it last? Well, if I knew where I put it last, it wouldn't be lost. Hello. You know? So I'm looking all over for my wallet, like frantically. And here I look in every logical place. I look in the nightstand. I look in the drawer where the keys are at. I, I look in all my pants. Come on, somebody. In the pockets. I'm looking in jackets. I'm looking everywhere. Pretty soon, though, this is what I discovered, is as you're frantically looking for something, you start to look for it in places it would never be. Are you with me? I'm going to the freezer. Come on, somebody. Right? Now, it's, you are laughing, but some of you have probably found your iPhone in the freezer before. Come on. Right? I'm looking in places that it shouldn't even be. I'm, I'm like getting the cereal boxes out, thinking maybe the kids thought it was one of those cereal toys, you know, and cereal's coming. I'm looking everywhere, everywhere. I'm about ready to knock on my neighbor's door and look in their house, right? I begin to look for my wallet frantically, and I realize something. The more frantically I look, man, the weirder places I begin to look for my wallet. And so all of a sudden, my wife looks at me and goes, Ben, were you looking for your wallet again? I said, yeah. And she goes, what's that in your hand? Mm. And there it was in my hand the whole entire time, right? You ever been there before? Right? But see, the longer I looked for something I so desperately needed, now listen to me, it wasn't the wallet I needed, it was what the wallet held that I needed, right? And the longer I looked for this wallet, the more frantic I became. And you know what? I believe that some of us in here today that some of us are looking around, are looking for joy, are looking for hope, are looking for fulfillment, are looking for success, are looking for something, and because we can, right, because it's in the Declaration of Independence that, that we can have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You only know that because you saw the movie, not because you know the Declaration, right? And so there's this drive to look for happiness and fulfillment and joy and satisfaction because as American people, we should have that. But here's what I've discovered is the more we look, the more frantic we become, the more we start to look for these things in places they will never be. We start to look for joy in something. We start to look for success in something. We start to look for happiness in something. These women... On this day, in this story, come to the tomb of Jesus. They have found life. They have found hope. They have found success. They found satisfaction. They found everything they need in Jesus. The only problem is, is three days ago, he was hanging on a cross. And they come now to the tomb where they last 
remembered him being laid. And when they come to the tomb, they are perplexed, the Bible says, because he's no longer there. And it is in this moment where these two angels speak to these women and ask this question, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you searching in a place that Jesus would not be? Why are you searching for Jesus in a dead place when he is alive and well? And thus we celebrate Easter. But, but I couldn't help think as I read these words as I was preparing for this Sunday, I couldn't help but think that if those two angels showed up today, now you thought the painting was cool. You thought Bert rapping on stage was cool. You thought Judah, come on, doing his spoken word was cool. How cool would it be if two angels showed up on stage? Come on, somebody. <sighs> dazzling clothes. Anybody wonder what dazzling clothes look like? Dazzling. And they show up. I believe that if they showed up today, that they might ask many of us the same question that they asked the women at the tomb. Why are you looking? Why are you looking for fulfillment in a natural relationship? Why are you looking for success in a career? Why are you looking for joy and satisfaction in events and activities? I think the same question might be asked, maybe, maybe turned a little bit different, but, but essentially what they'd be saying is, why are you looking for life-giving things in dead places? Why are you looking for life-giving things in dead places? Now listen to me. They were looking for the right person. They were just looking in the wrong place. They were looking for Jesus. They just weren't looking in the right place. I believe many of us are, are looking for the right things. Does, does God want you to have joy? Yes. Does he want you to have fulfillment? Absolutely. Does he want you to experience, you know, this, this, this great, abundant life? Yes, we read it, John 10, 10. That's what he desires for you. But I feel like too often times, we begin to look for that and look for those things in dead places. We begin to look for those, 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 those things and, and we begin to try to find fulfillment in something or, or some natural relationship. But yet it can only be found in Jesus and much like these women, we, we begin to search for the right thing, but we begin to look in the right place because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, all of that comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? I think about this and, and I've seen it happen so often as a pastor and, 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 and people get married. How many married people do we have in here? Three happy married people, a bunch of people just with their hands up, right? The happy married people are like, either that or their wife was sitting next to them. So they're like, woo you know. Come on, how many of you guys are married in here and excited about it, right? Okay. How many of you are not married in here and you want to get married someday? Okay, now look around. Look around right now, all the single people. Oh, there's one, there's one. Oh, hey, right? <laughs> I just did a wedding. I just did a wedding on Thursday, beautiful wedding, La Jolla. And, 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 and it's so beautiful to see a couple come together and to be married and to have Christ at the center of it and, and put God first. And man, it's so beautiful. But as I sit with these, these, these uh, you know, couples before they're married, one of my greatest encouragements that I give them, because all of them want like three tools and how they can have a really happy marriage. And I only really give them one, and that is stay close to Jesus, both of you, and you'll have a happy marriage. Because when Christ is at the center of it all, man, it's beautiful. But here's what happens too oftentimes. 
is because the honeymoon phase. And man, we're getting to know each other and it's awesome and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And then about three days into it, come on somebody. Somebody needs to be resurrected. Are you with me? Right? All of a sudden the honeymoon phase kind of starts to wear off. But here's what I've realized is that sometimes people put everything on that other person, expecting that person to fulfill them, expecting that person to give them joy, expecting that person, as long as that's happening, I'm happy. And all of a sudden it's not happening anymore. And here's the thing that perplexes me the most, is it wasn't happening in that relationship. And the first thing they'd try to do is try to find that in another relationship. And they continue to look for what they really long for, an abundant life, joy, hope, satisfaction, fulfillment. They continue to look for all of those things in the wrong place. And can I just, can I just give you a little nugget of wisdom right now? Okay? My, my pastor used to say this all the time because, you know, there's that saying that, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. My pastor looked at me and said one time, he goes, Ben, that's not true. The grass is greener wherever you water it. Right? Wherever you water it, it's greener. Because here's the lie of the enemy. You're not finding satisfaction in this marriage. Maybe you're, you're married to the wrong one, and all of a sudden now you begin to branch out and begin to discover other relationships. But here's the perplexing part about the whole thing to me, is why would anybody be attracted to somebody that's already with somebody? Because the reality is, is if that person leaves that person for you, they're going to leave you for somebody else. Are you with me? Why do we look? Why do we look for what we so desperately desire, an abundant life? How many of you guys want an abundant life? I want a fulfilling life. I want an abundant life. And we strive to try to find these things. And the angels say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Check this. This is a great part. Angels begin to talk to the women. And begin to say, don't you remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, rise on the third day? Now listen to what it says. And they remembered his words. I believe with all my heart that what God wants to do today in you and in me and in Canvas Church is he wants us to remember he wants this to have. This is what happened. They're standing there perplexed. Where's he at? What's happening? He's gone. They're looking at each other. Two men show up. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? They're still perplexed. That's what perplexed looked like. <laughs> and it was not until they said, don't you remember what he told you? Don't you remember that he said these things were going to happen? And it was in that moment, come on, they had one of those aha moments. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're perplexed. You're like, oh, snap. Right? That's right. He said this was going to happen. Those aha moments. I had one last week working with my kids on homework. All the parents that have kids at that age know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm trying to help my kids learn their math, common core. Ain't nothing common about it. <laughs> Wasn't the way I learned math, nor should it be the way any human learns math. Two plus two equals four just because it does. Prove it. I don't have to. It just does. Right? And I'm working, and here's the, I don't know if my kids are in here. Hopefully they don't hear me saying this. Here's the thing. Is my kids come to me of confidence and say, Dad, I need help with this problem. i got to be honest with you. I have no clue. 
It's a true story. I have no clue. And so I just, come on, parents, you're looking at me like, you, you, you're in the same boat. They're looking at me like, Dad, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, no, I remember this. I got this. I got this. Matter of fact, can you go read your book for a minute? I'm just going to spend some time on this for a minute. Google, hello, right? I don't know what they're doing. Can't figure it out. They don't know that, but I, I come across with confidence, and, and then I figure it out. Or I actually don't. Here's what happens. As I bring them back in, and I'm like, hey, baby, so what did your teacher tell you about it? Well, you know, this and that. And I was like, okay, what did they say about that? Well, they said if I do this, then this. And I said, and then what happens? They're like, oh, I get it now, Dad. You're so smart, Dad. <laughs> right? That's an aha moment. They don't know what they're doing. I play it off like I do. And then they're like, whoa, Dad, you're brilliant. Right? These women have an aha moment simply because the angels, all they do is say, hey, what did your teacher tell you? Hey, what did, what did he say before he went? Oh, that's right. He said this was going to happen. Listen to me. That is what Easter is all about. It is an aha reminder for all of us that said, I'm going to raise from the grave. You can put me on the cross. You can bury me in the tomb. But I've come to give you life and life more abundant. And just so you understand that I know what I'm talking about, I'm going to stamp my seal of approval on it when I rise from the grave. It's an aha moment. Jesus is alive. What does that mean to us? It means we can have life and life more abundantly. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, we should be in church every Sunday. Because it can be another aha moment. That's why we should connect with other believers and say, you know what? My day's not going so good. It's okay. Check this out. I wrote some verses down for you. Let them encourage you today. Easter is an aha moment. Listen to me. You might have come in today and you might say, I feel lost. I don't feel connected. I kind of feel lost and out of sorts. Guess what the Bible says? The Bible says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoo, I ain't lost no longer. I just got to look to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You might be here today and you might be saying, I have financial need. That's all right. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 25, I've been young and I stayed young. Come on, somebody. Don't really say that, but it says, I've been young and now I'm a little bit older. Yet I have not seen, listen to it, I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging bread. What is that? That means he's going to provide for every need that you have. Wow, you might be here today and you might be saying, you know what, Pastor, I walked in here a little down and a little depressed. Well, you need to have an aha moment. Psalm 3.3 says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. Uh-huh. You might be weak. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Uh-huh. You might be here today, and you might be needing a miracle in your body, a miracle in your life. I got good news for you. Let this be an aha uh-huh for you. The Bible says in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Let me read that one again. With men, this is it. In that relationship you have, yeah, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Yeah, that career path you chose, it's, it's good. Have fun with it. But guess what? That's not going to lead you anywhere. But with God, all things are possible. 
I don't know what it is that you need today, but I want you to know something, that because of Easter, we can walk with assurance. We can walk with victory. We can walk with hope. We can walk with power, knowing that no matter what we face, come on, somebody, we have victory in Jesus Christ. Easter is the aha moment. Easter is the stamp of approval. Why do we continue? Why do we continue to look in dead places for the hope, the joy, the satisfaction, and the life that we are looking for? We need to turn our eyes upon Jesus and realize that everything we need is found in him, and therefore we celebrate Easter. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. Do me a favor. Just close your eyes right now. Just for a moment, just close your eyes. I want you to take this moment. I want you to take these moments. I want you to take this significant moment, this aha moment. Hallelujah. And I want to ask you this question today. I want to ask you the question that the angels asked the women. Why are you continuing to look? Why are you continuing to look in places that are dead for the life that he has for you? Hallelujah. Now, I believe, I believe so strongly today that not only does Jesus want to redeem you and set you free and save you and free you from sin, but I believe there are others of you here today, and I know we prayed earlier, but God wants to do a miracle for you. He wants to do a miracle in your situation. He wants to do a miracle in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, you're here today. I don't ask you this question on Easter. You're here today, and you are not yet a Christ follower. You're not walking with Jesus. You might be asking, well, pastor, you know, they looked for him in the tomb and he isn't there, so where is he now? Where is he now? The Bible says in Revelations chapter three, this is where he is. For those of us that don't know him yet, come on, he's talking to the church at Laodicea and he says, hey, behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone would open up, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna have a great relationship with him. Where's he at right now? For those of you that are not yet serving Jesus, he's standing right now before you saying, hey, son, daughter, let me in. I wanna have a relationship with you. I wanna give you life and I wanna give you abundant life. For those of us that are here today that have been walking with Jesus, where is he at? The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, living and making intercession for you. What's he praying for? He's praying for you. He's praying for you to prevail. He's praying for you to win. He's praying for you to be victorious. Hallelujah. But you're here today and you'd say, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus and I, I need to ask him into my life. Come on, let Easter Sunday not only be resurrection celebration, but let it be a resurrection for you. And you're here right now and you'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I'm far from him. I need Jesus in my life. If that is you on the count of three, don't let this moment pass you by. Would you say yes to Jesus? One, come on, he's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking two. Come on, don't let this moment pass you by. One, two, three, shoot your hand in the air right now. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, I need Jesus. Come on, come on, I need Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we can celebrate better than that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. In just one moment, I'm just going to give you uh, some quick instructions, and I'm pleading with you, don't let this moment pass you by. Listen to me, salvation doesn't happen because we raised our hand and, and said, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Salvation happens, the Bible says in Romans 10, as we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. Uh, there's others of you here today. Uh, you, you, you just need a breakthrough in your life. He's here to give you that breakthrough. He's here to meet you where you're at. He, he's here to break. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now, I feel this with all my heart. You walked in one way. You're going to walk out completely different. 
You walked in feeling devastated. You're going to walk out with hope today. You walked out feeling, ah, my marriage ain't going to make it. You're going to walk out knowing your marriage is going to make it today. I feel that with all my heart. You're here today and you need a breakthrough. You need a miracle breakthrough in some area of your life. Eyes are still closed. Heads are still bowed. You're here today. I need a breakthrough, Pastor. Come on, because you shoot your hand in there right now. I need a breakthrough in some area of my life. Hallelujah. Yeah, lots of hands, lots of hands, lots of hands. So what I want you to do, I want you to be bold enough to do this. For those of you, there are tons of you between the two groups that raised their hand. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you just stand to your feet right where you're at? Just stand to your feet right where you're at. Come on, you, you know who you are. Come on, be the first one to stand. Others will, others will stand with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, don't let this moment pass you by. We want to pray with you. We believe in the power of prayer. We want to connect with you. This is what I want to do. I want to ask the pastors, prayer team, small group leaders, come on up. If you're not standing, small group, could you come up here real quick? Small group leaders, come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to go into a moment of worship. As we begin to worship right now, I want, to, I want to ask you, would you get out of your seat and let us pray with you today? You may never walk through the doors of Canvas Church again. I hope you do. I hope you come back next week, because remember, I'm going to break dance. I hope you come back next week, but if you don't, I don't want this moment to pass us by. I want a chance to pray with you. I want a chance to pray with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. So I'm going to pray. Band's going to worship. As the band begins to worship, would you get out of your seat so we can meet you up here and we can pray with you today? God, we love you. We thank you for a great Easter. We thank you for a day to celebrate you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, I pray for all those that are standing right now. Come on, you stood up. Just begin to make your walk right now. Would you do that? We want to pray with you. Come on, it won't, it won't, won't hurt you, man. We're here to love on you. We're here to pray with you. Come on, would you just find your way? If you don't want to walk alone, grab somebody that came with you. We're going to pray with you. Lord, we thank you. God, this is a great day. This is a great day to worship you. This is a great day to serve. It's a great day to love you. Hallelujah.